This is the California Liberty Project Podcast. Welcome back to the California Liberty Project. My name is Greg. This is your Weekend Liberty Project podcast, and I'm glad to have you back here. Today, we are joined by another excellent guest, and I have Osvaldo Masonette from Triggerology. And we are going to be talking about a lot of gun-related issues, a lot of uh, Second Amendment-related issues, and all things maybe self-defense and what have you. So with that, uh, Osvaldo, or I'll, I'll, you go by Valdo. Um, yeah. So Valdo, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do. I'm super glad to be with you, Greg. Thank you for uh, having me. Thank you. Uh, I am a Second Amendment instructor and a Second Amendment advocate, of course. And I am here in a beautiful, formerly great Southern uh, California, just like you are. And uh, I've been uh, doing this for about a little bit over five years, uh, just teaching Second Amendment to uh, the good people of uh, California who are interested in, uh, you know, taking charge of their own uh, safety, their own life and exercise their uh, constitutional rights. Very cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So um, what city, what, what metro area are you in? Are you in like in, uh, uh, San Diego? Los Angeles County. Oh, okay. In LA County. All yeah. right. So first and foremost, anyone uh, who listens to this conversation, uh, and we do have a lot of uh, listeners burgeoning, a growing group of listeners in LA County and around um, Orange County in those environs. If you hear any of this stuff that you're interested in, um, at the end of the episode, we'll definitely give all of Valdo's contact information, um, get in touch with him, certainly for training and for, for everything that Triggerology does. So, um, yeah, definitely keep that in mind. So Valdo, there's a lot to talk about, right? In these topics, there's always, always a lot to talk about. Um, especially, you know, we get Supreme court decisions from time to time, just had, had at least one big one. There are, there's the state level stuff. And then there's also kind of the local stuff, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of where Mm -hmm. the rubber meets the road. Yep. So let me ask you a big kind of wide open question here. Mm -hmm. In your opinion, what do people need to know um, nowadays about the state of gun control here in California at the state level? What people need to know is that we have power. And I, I, I want to start by, by saying that we have power. We have uh, uh, given it away for uh, uh, probably a couple of generations here in, uh, in uh, California, the, those who were here uh, before me. But we can uh, uh, retake some of that power back, uh, what's been happening, uh, which I assume you've been here in uh, California your uh, whole life, Greg? Uh, not my whole life, but I've I've moved back and come moved out, come back. Okay. My whole family's from here as well, so we're we're all Californians. Gotcha. So I arrived here in California in uh, 2003. Okay, uh, and I have seen how steadily uh, from from there until now what the typical response from uh, the citizenry whenever something went wrong in uh, society was look at government, right? Look at our elected uh, officials and say, do something, do something, do something, right? Right. 
what is it that what was their answer well write stuff on paper right and each and every time that we as the citizenry went to the elected officials to put laws on paper each one of those times those rights mainly second amendment rights which we have tons of laws here in california little by little chipping away at those rights however we have the power through our vote to reclaim those rights back, to get those rights uh, restored. So very timely, we have elections coming up. Look up who are your uh, freedom-minded candidates, reach out to them. Hey, what is your platform uh, on uh, the Second Amendment? If they don't have one, well, um, let's get one, please. And, you know, so that way we can begin restoring rights uh, here in California. That's the first uh, thing that comes to mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we talk about gun control all the time, and it, it takes a number of different forms, right? To my mind, they're always talking about like a, a gun registry. That's always something that they're looking at. Then they, then they actually put restrictions on what type of gun you can have. They're always talking about assault weapons. So- if we stop right there, assault weapons, we know that's an idiotic term, you know, by people who want to take control of our natural rights that are enshrined or recognized in the Second Amendment. Of course, the Second Amendment doesn't give us those rights. They're inherent, right? They're, we're born with them. But all that aside, assault weapons. Can you talk to us about what makes something an assault weapon here in California? You know, as you, as you work with clients, uh, as you do training and, and those sort of things. Um, and how have our firearms, you know, the firearms that we're legally allowed to own in California, how have they changed or been regulated by, by these definitions of assault weapon that are always changing? Yeah, I'm so glad you bring that up. So, uh, as many of uh, your listeners may recall, obviously, uh, we've had a, uh, a number of mass shootings, right? Whether, whether it's here in California or in, uh, in other states. The, the reason why these rifles are targeted, because by the way, what, what, what's typically named uh, as an assault weapon is basically it's cosmetic features. Some, some that are functional features, but, but mainly cosmetic features that um, allow for more, um, more better ergonomics and in, in the ways that, that you may hold the, the semi-automatic rifle, uh, more stability, which would, uh, improve accuracy. Uh, uh some of these things are, are just by, by the polit- political class are, are seen as targets because, if the person who committed the evil evil deed had one of these firearms that are outfitted with, with these features, then it must then it must mean that these features are evil as well. So what the laws did, and these laws were uh, were not that um, it, it hasn't been that that long. These laws were I, I think with within the last what uh, ten less than 15 yeah. years for uh, as far as for uh, California right, right. where uh, 
now you know if your semi-automatic raffle has any of these features and the features are uh, hinged mainly on does it have a pistol grip does it have a uh, uh, they're all attached yeah okay does it have a pistol grip does it have a four vertical uh, uh, foregrip? Four yeah the vertical right. foregrip right does it have a, what uh, is called a flash hider right um does it have a telescopic uh buttstock which all these things are just uh, are purely meant to increase the the ability for you know the user to be uh more accurate with the firearm which you would think that it's a positive right it, it, especially uh, for for the good people who are using it if you if you happen to want to use it for self-defense sure. you are you know responsible for each one every round that comes out of that farm but no uh the problem is the laws in the state of california typically they they what they do is anything that is firearm related is seen as negative first is seen as you know the criminal element first and uh, it's purely the, they're not seen as right so yeah, they came up with the term of um, assault weapon because, yeah, because it's uh, catchy for the, for people who do not like firearms in the hands of uh, the common folk. Yeah, I think assault weapon is just one of those terms that years ago it had been tested in focus groups. It's poll tested. <laughs> it's one of those um, almost stupid dog whistles, you know, the term that the left yes. loves to use. Right. But it's like a Pavlovian response. If people hear assault right. weapon, they think must be bad. It's we must be talking about visceral, yeah, it's a visceral correct. reaction to it. Oh my gosh. It's like a <laughs> M16, like Rambo fully automatic. Um, some converted automatic exactly. weapon, like a machine gun, right? And exactly. we've had this conversation, you know, I say we, everyone in the media and normal people, mm -hmm. how many times have we had this conversation where it's like, do you know what a semi-automatic rifle is? It's not that difficult. And it's like in the media and with some politicians up in Sacramento, there's zero interest in even understanding what it is that they want to legislate or regulate right? Correct. There's zero interest, but uh, uh, what I will uh, attribute to that uh, zero interest is actually a little bit more uh, nefarious. And uh, yeah, I'll just use the word nefarious. Yeah. If you find each and every way possible for to, to have the population dependent on you for xyz right a b c d e f g uh, uh they they uh you know have to look at you for everything and that gives you that that gives you control that gives you power that's why we say that gun control is not about controlling guns it's about controlling people so the reason uh, that that's a perfect example why they go after these fantastic platforms of firearms that provide great accuracy yeah. um good capacity right if you decide to use it for for your uh, self-defense because they they are these 
enic, almost enigmatic, right? Uh, uh, pieces of a hardware that just like you alluded to before, we are used to seeing them in, in, uh, in action movies all only for the most part being used in very negative ways, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in the most egregious, right? Uses that you could give. Well, give and sometimes tools. killing bad guys, right? Killing like commie, commie bad guys right. in the eighties. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so that's why, uh, they, they choose to, to focus on those because, and I'm not the first person saying this, there are a lot of uh, uh, my peer Second Amendment advocates saying this. Once you focus into this one, you vilify this one, right? And, and, and their ultimate goal is to eradicate them from the general population, not from their, uh, not from state agents. Right. Right? Yeah. Once that doesn't work because evil people will still continue to use these tools in very evil ways, they can still go. Oh well, the assault weapon ban did not work. We're going. We're going now after the uh, uh, semi-automatic pistols. Well, all we need are uh, all IRS agents carrying these, right? What's that? All we need are IRS agents carrying these, right? And everything will be fine correct, in correct, society. Correct. Of course, because they have to. Because and, and if you hear closely, if you if you are paying attention, oh well, because they have to defend themselves. Because they are, they are being uh, targeted. Well, I'm a regular Joe, regular Jane. We get targeted. Exactly. You know, it, 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 and and our life being our most prized possession, we are we have the right to defend our our, our life with whatever tool we deem necessary. That's right. Yeah, and I don't know, you know, we can debate about this. People can have visceral reactions. Maybe they don't like guns. Oh, they're scary. They're so aggro or whatever. I don't, yeah. I don't care. You know, people can have, <laughs> you know, if you drink a lot of soy, you can say, I don't really like guns. That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> but um, the whole thing is it's very simple. So in the Second Amendment, you and I know, you know, it says shall not be infringed. So that is very clear. It doesn't say, well, you can't bring them in certain sensitive areas. Other than that, you're free. Um, or you need to get like a license, of course, you know, if you want a handgun yeah. in Washington, DC, that's the asterisk. Yeah. The government is supposed to be the one giving it. None of that is in the second amendment. It's very simple. It says not. shall not be infringed. You know it. I know it. Uh, 330 million people know it. Why do we go through this kind of kabuki theater, this song and dance? And why do we pretend that there is more in the second amendment allowing for regulation of firearms than is actually there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they prey on, uh, and it's it's almost insulting that uh, they they insult the population that you can't you are, you or I can't go to the founding documents and look at the text and the history and what it is that those words meant, right? The militia, the militia meant, meant the people. Yes. That is why they are mentioning the people just right after they mentioned the militia. Right. Well, and then they wrote Regulated. it. They, they said it, right? George Mason, I think Madison, um, it, tons of tons of the founding fathers basically yeah, said, yeah, yeah. "Yeah, this is what it is. The people is the militia. The people are the militia, right?" They they Co said it correct. all over the place in the 1780s. Yeah, yeah, but but you know uh, they they uh, take advantage of the fact that because our uh, educational system has been uh, co opted, right, and. Uh, 
and taken over by leftists that we no longer teach uh, the Constitution in the right way and let the kids know who are in a school age, hey, and by the way, this Constitution, this, this document right here, uh, there are a whole set of other uh, documents that were actual, you know, recollections of, of the debate that was happening in those days in the Federalist Papers, right? Yeah. And that is where the Constitution is uh, is based from. Uh, you know, the the scholars that did uh, all this amazing uh, work of uh, research of previous civilizations grabbing from the good things that the other civilizations before the, the uh, United States of America uh, was instituted, right? And then they, they wanted to, okay, we need to remove this, we need to remove that. And in the Federalist Papers, you have all this amazing background to who were the regulars, what did regulated mean, which regulated, again, uh, Second Amendment advocates like myself, we get tired. We're not, well, we are not going to get tired of saying this. Regulated back in those days meant in good working order, well stocked, right. all that stuff. Right. It, it does not mean regulated by the government. They had just dished, right, the biggest empire of the day in Great Britain. And they were like, no, we need to be about freedom. Not about yeah. regulating people's lives and behavior. Well, I get the feeling that a lot of uh, leftists and and uh, statists and whatnot, and maybe even just conventional thinkers, think regulated means oh yeah, well that meant uh, that they wanted the ATF to come door to door in the colonies, right? <laughs> right. It's like right, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. We didn't have any of those agencies. The idea would have been unthinkable. Right. It was unthinkable to them. Even the Federalists. You mentioned right. Federalist Papers. Of course, the Anti-Federalists. Um, no one really, this was not a super controversial point as far as retaining arms. Um, there was a little mm -hmm. bit of debate, it was but not. most of the Federalists and Anti-Federalists were on board with, okay, yeah, the people need to retain their arms so they can go and join and they can go form up into these militia. But every farmer, every landowner, every citizen has the right to own these arms. We're not, who could take them? You know, we're not going to go to door to door and take them. We just had that in cities like Boston, you know, with the, the British occupation. And whatnot. Mm -hmm. So obviously, I, you know, the whole idea is so foreign that there would be back in the 1780s um, that they would have written in like, well, you can have weapons, but they have to be regulated by the government that we just essentially created, you know, from from a right. previous tyrannical government that was taking away weapons mm -hmm. and stationing mm -hmm. soldiers mm -hmm. in your doorstep. Right. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's incredible to me. No, they, they placed that closing uh, clause shall not be infringed because they understood that every system of government, its natural progression has, it, it ends in tyranny eventually. And so they, they had the amazing forethought to make sure that, hey, no, for when this happens, because it, it, it has happened in every you know, uh, uh, civilization and, and history, our people are going to need the, you know, means and tools at their disposition without permission from the government to retake their freedom. That is why the it, it begins, uh, you know, uh, to secure the free state. 
Yeah, and a free and feisty population who owns for firearms and is willing to defend their lives and their property and their liberty is extremely important to upholding a constitutional republic. And so I look around at some of the great work that not only folks like you are doing, um, you know, and I'm learning more about, about your work and what you do, but there are even people in inner cities as well that are fighting the good fight. And what I mean by that, yeah. think of people like Maj Touré, whose profile is yeah. rising. I think mm-hmm. that what that dude is doing is awesome. That is that is really important work because he's from Philadelphia. Um, mm-hmm. He's in the inner city, you know, and he he works mm-hmm. with people who live predominantly, I believe, in the inner city. I mean, he might he he travels all around as well. So he yeah he does he does focus mainly in uh, urban areas. Yes, which I think is awesome because. The folks who live in those urban areas are the ones who are the most victimized by violent criminals, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. And so the best thing that people can do is take classes on the firearms, learn about safety, mm-hmm. learn about some tactics, learn about your rights, and then own mm-hmm. that firearm and protect your lives, your liberty, and your property where it mm-hmm. needs to be protected, like the inner city. So I, I think I'm so glad to see work like what he's doing in the inner cities, mm-hmm. um, many others as well, but education, right? Um, and in connecting with what it is that makes us all Americans in our American mm-hmm. DNA. And I don't mean that mm-hmm. biologically, obviously. I mean it with our American rights, our American tradition. Right, right, right. You know, uh, I like that you, you bring up the fact that our lives should be, uh, you know, protected wherever we're at. And that's how... Uh, this uh, latest debate about sensitive places, which you also uh, mentioned a bit ago, it, it's just it's fascinating to me because it's the height of privilege that the political class has the nerve of telling individuals or, or attempting to establish, uh, you know, policy into law. Oh well. No, even if you if even if you jumped through the hoops that we established, right, to to uh, attain a concealed carry permit, oh well, you're not going to be able to. No, no you, you can't carry in these places. As if people uh, are the as if these places are exempt from evil. That just doesn't make sense. No place is exempt from evil. We have seen plenty of very painful examples uh, in, in recent years. So why uh, uh, do they want to take away that right from people? I'm going to tell you why. It is because, again, I alluded to it earlier, if you all, all of a sudden have the the ability within you, in your person, to uh, uh, at least have a fighting chance that does a great deal in, in uh, uh, flipping switches, you know, turning on light bulbs in, in the minds of people. It's something that I like to tell my students. The Second Amendment is is a, um, a gateway uh, right to seeing your relationship with the government in a way that you probably have never seen it before. Yes, yeah. Where... The politicians, we've all we've all heard it. Any of us who who pay attention, uh, even minimal attention to politicians, politicians love to say this, and you've probably seen me post uh, post about it. They love to say, "My utmost, you know, and my my most important duty is to keep you safe." 
nah, man, you cannot keep anyone safe. Yeah. That's that that's a promise that I know you're going to break. Cause you you need neither you nor your police force is gonna be in every place twenty four seven where one of these crooks, somebody with evil uh in their mind and in their heart is going to pick a target and victimize them. You're not gonna be there. So what is what's the alternative? The alternative needs to be each and every single time you need to get out of people's way. You need to remove these laws out of people's ways to again allow them not not even allow them. Yeah. Just get out of people's way. Don't prevent them. Ability to, yeah, don't institute laws that are not going to help them because you're just in their way from being able to defend themselves. And of course, those same politicians, those same demagogues are the ones who are running around town and they're making speeches and maybe they're even campaigning. And for the most part, they have armed security, depending on what level of government we're talking about. Sure do. So the irony is they're running around, they've got a full security detail and they're telling you, well, yeah, uh, these types of guns are dangerous. You can't have this, but all my guys back here, my security, you know, these six foot six guys that are fully kitted out. Well, they, uh, you know, I'm important, but we have sensitive places. Why don't we make government a sensitive place? Why don't they make it a sensitive place for themselves? We know the answer, right? right? <laughs> yeah, uh, and 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 they do, right? Because every place of uh, government, they 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 have no problem in grabbing our uh, tax money to to put in, you know, security guards at, at every entrance, armed security guards, right? And uh, uh, X-ray machines and uh, metal detectors, but. They want to make a uh, a park a sensitive place that's just going to be guarded by a freaking sign. Well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we know what works. You know how we find out what works is we see what these stinking politicians do in their own homes. <laughs> right. That's how you find out what works. Just like I talked about this uh, last week, you know, but mm. it's kind of related, not not directly, mm. but. Sure. With climate change, if we really want to know what's going on, or at least what the so-called elites think. Well, just look at where they're buying their property. As soon as Obama sells off that beautiful $12 million (laughs) mansion in a state that's probably three feet above above the Atlantic Ocean on Martha's Vineyard, (laughs) when he sells that off, then you better panic. If you live in Florida, you better freak out. But they're not selling. They're they're out there Mm -hmm. preaching this to you. Um, Mm -hmm. They're not getting rid of their armed security. You know, they're not selling their their coastal retreats. So that's one way. It's almost like a heuristic that we can use to look at. We can say, okay, I might not know everything in the world, but I can see what the elites are doing. They want to run our lives. I can see how they're acting. And this probably works. Or this is probably actually true. Um, It's right there. Yeah, it's right there. I mean, if they have, they've got uh, their fences, you know, Nancy Pelosi's house. I'm sure it has a gate up there in Sacramento, uh, San Francisco, (laughs) right? Um, and full security details. So we know yeah. what's up with that. Yeah. Now, uh, you juxtapose that with how, you know, average everyday uh, people, especially here in California, uh, how you have to live, where you go to shop, right? Uh, uh, none of these people live the life that, that, you, that we lived. It's just at the end of the day, it is what it is. They, they, they pay, they make enough money. They, uh, they pay somebody to go wrangle up the, the things that they need from their expensive, you know, 
um, stores. Uh, they don't go eat dinner where, where you eat dinner. They don't have to go uh, wash their laundry at the local laundromat in the strip mall. They don't, they, they don't have to live life the way that you live it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you, uh, Valdo, um, getting mm-hmm. back to assault weapons, um, sure. cause for anyone listening, um, in the audience, anyone who finds the show in the future and watches or listens to this, you know, we talk about assault weapons in California and yeah. there are some modifications. We kind of mentioned those earlier, you know, the, yeah. the pistol grip or traditional pistol grip without a paddle, right. you know, or versus right. like an old fashioned rifle grip, a flash suppressor. That's a no, no, apparently. Um, right. The, uh, the folding or the telescoping stock, uh, shoulder stock, that vertical foregrip um, up front. But, you know, we don't want to scare people off as well. An AR-15 or some of these semi-automatic rifles are, they're excellent weapons. Um, they're, they're fun yes, they to are. shoot out on the range. They, they're good for home defense in certain scenarios. Yes, they are. So you can still get these so-called assault weapons, right? They're just semi-automatic rifles. You can still get them, right? And maybe we should encourage people to to get some training um, or mm-hmm. to look into these because they are excellent weapons and yeah, they are. they're much more accurate than a handgun. And that's one thing in a self-defense situation in your mm-hmm. own, God forbid, in your own home or in your own neighborhood, you want to be accurate. You don't Correct. want bullets going through windows or bullets going through drywall, right? Uh, talk right. to us a little bit about about those concerns with uh, with I'm accuracy. Super glad, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm super glad you bring that up. So uh, uh, the first thing I like to address is yes, you can still uh, purchase uh, semi-automatic rifles in the state of California. They're just going to look different from the rest from the free states. <laughs> yeah, from the 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 type of. Uh, uh, configuration that the rifle is going to have still uh, the functionality is still the same it's still going to be a semi-automatic rifle which means after each pull the trigger only one round comes out because you still have demagogues that say automatic you still have people out there using uh that type of language although side note I, i i i am a second amendment purist i do believe people should be able to own uh fully automatic firearms we did up until 1984 in so the United States. Okay? Yeah, no, I fully uh, agree with you. Shall yeah. not be infringed. Shall not be infringed means shall not be infringed. Uh, again, going it's just mainly cosmetic features. So the way that you will receive a semi-automatic raffle in the state of California as of right now, it, uh, you cannot wrap around your thumb on uh, uh, where your your uh, uh, shooting hand is gonna be at. So you that the main uh, modification people have been doing are what's called as uh, fin grips. Oh, the fin. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah, they look horrible, or yeah. um, or severely canted um, pistol grips, uh, where it's almost. I mean, it, it's very uh, inefficient to wrap your thumb around because that there's again because they talked about the pistol grip. If uh, one of the modifications is shifting the, <laughs> the grip severely, you know, upwards in a crazy angle, mm-hmm. uh, no foregrip. grip. Um, 
all these things are just meant for for allegedly, you know, lowering the lethality. However, lethality on a semi-automatic rifle is wholly dependent on the ballistics of the round that it shoots. So you still have plenty of different calibers, many more, uh, uh, many times more, uh, you know, just stronger than the 5.56 slash 2.23 round, okay? Yeah. Many hunting rifles that shoot fantastically, you know, <laughs> strong uh, rounds that can do more damage. Again, hunting uh, rifles, which are apparently okay, right? As long as it has a, a non-aggressive-looking uh, you know, uh, frame, yeah, mainly you know made out of wood. Those are fine, but those shoot uh, much larger rounds with harder uh, impact and velocity because they are meant to take down large game. But sure. those are apparently okay. Those can still be used for uh, uh, evil deeds, but those are apparently okay. Yeah, the the regulations are just based on scare tactics uh, on on. You know, uh, somehow, some way, making you feel like you are doing something wrong by acquiring one of these pieces of hardware. I call them defensive tools mm -hmm. um, to defend yourself. Yeah, and I, I so, think assault, assault weapons, so called, you know, got that name, and again, I think they just got that stigma because they had the look. Mm -hmm. So it was something kind of like easy for politicians to grab onto. We talked about that earlier. Yeah, just yeah. like, okay, that's that's the stigma. That's the that's the mm -hmm. marker. Okay, those are bad. So mm -hmm. we're going to attack those almost mm -hmm. as a proxy. It's easy to take out like, okay, mm -hmm. you can criticize any kind of firearm, but we're going to focus in on assault mm -hmm. weapons. It's a big hazy distinction. And that becomes like this proxy, like a catch-all for going after um, weapons in general and firearms in general, right? Mm -hmm. um, but in the yeah. state of California, so... Just so everyone knows, because um, I'm not sure if everybody's a firearm enthusiast or, or whatnot, maybe yet. Yeah, not everybody is. But, but um, you know, we're, we're limited, unlike a lot of states, we're limited to a 10-round magazine. It's not a clip. It's a magazine. Right. Um, a lot of other states sure. have no restrictions or higher restrictions. And, um, of course, what that does in a self-defense situation, that greatly limits your opportunity to defend yourself. You've got, you've got to mm -hmm. be much more accurate, which is a good thing, but it puts the pressure on you, especially if someone's being mm -hmm. attacked or has to use the weapon, God forbid, in a self-defense scenario. Multiple assailants. Multiple assailants. That's right. Um, so we're limited yeah. to 10 in this state, whether it's a semi-automatic mm -hmm. rifle or a pistol, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. I, I, I do want to bring up to the attention of, uh, uh, you know, the audience that may not be entirely familiar with what's been going on in terms of uh, litigation. Most of these uh, infringements that we uh, that I've, I've been talking about with Greg, there are active lawsuits um, happening to declare all these uh, uh, state level laws as unconstitutional. Because, again, these laws at the state level, they still have to pass muster with the with the United States Constitution. We are still a United States state, and we still have, we we can't be putting laws on the books that uh, 
violate the Constitution. So the magazine ban, there's an active uh, lawsuit. The uh, assault weapon ban, we're actually expecting a decision from uh, Judge Benitez in the Southern District of uh, San Diego very soon, by the end of the year. Okay. Uh, to once again declare that law as unconstitutional as he had already in the past. Um, the ammunition uh, background uh, ones, uh, uh, yeah. that's a lawsuit that's in the works too. Uh, the, what's the other one? The, there are a lot. Uh, I already talked about the magazine. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot, man. Oh, uh, I believe there's one or there is going to be one about the 10-day wedding period. That's a big one. I can I can give you stories about that from from the standpoint of my students because I see a lot. I see the with my students. I see the actual effects that these gun control laws have on the good people. Yeah, because the bad people, the bad people are not going to be affected. Have never been affected by any. They don't worry so much about the law, do they, Valdo? I don't know, man. There's something. There's something about being a criminal that they, they for some reason, they just, they do not want to, you know, abide by these laws. It's, it's only the good people. Go figure. Yeah, you know, if only these laws would apply as well to, um, you know, the Congress people, to the Assembly, to uh, the Senate, so to th- bring that up. to them. If it would apply to them as well, like, well, that's same thing for your security details. Sorry, uh, they don't have a permit. We need that piece of paper that says the government's allowing you to carry. Or, yeah. oh, sorry, let me see that magazine. Only 10. I'm sorry, you can't have your 15-round mag. Sorry I'm, about that. I'm so, I'm so glad you bring that up because that's one of my major uh, contentions and, and uh, I do not waste opportunity to bring up because these laws, they always have carve-outs. Yep. For people uh, and special interest groups such as... Uh, law enforcement, um, police officers, and, and sheriff department uh, associations where they, they lobby for their carve-outs so they can continue purchasing whatever firearm they want. Oh, the, the gun roster, the safe handgun uh, roster in California, that's another one that there's a, a pending lawsuit. Uh, yeah, they always have these neat carve-outs where these infringements don't apply to certain uh, groups of people. And it's mainly, yeah, uh, lawmakers, uh, um, law enforcement officers, both on duty and retired. They yep. can purchase whatever they want. Uh, a, a lot of times they sell them right uh, uh, forward because for some reason, uh, the, the way for the, uh, here's one infuriating example that I can give your um your audience is that the safe handgun roster in California, the one that has severely limited the availability of handguns, this one right here, this is a very old version of Glock. It's the Gen, hmm. Gen 3. I think we are, what, Gen 5 or about to be in Gen yeah. 6. But like the current Glock 43 or whatever it is. There now, are many, or, there have been many, many other versions of many different makes and models of firearms that improve in uh, usability, accuracy, the ability to conceal it, again, for good for the good folk and the rest of the free states. And they enjoy an immense variety of firearms for many uh, different uh, purposes. But here in California, we're restricted because... 
again. Uh, uh, some uh, politician came up with the idea of, uh, again, they responded uh, to that call of do something. Okay, we're going to do this. But that's not helping the good people of California. Not, not one bit, not whatsoever. But the carve-out means that the cop can literally go order a firearm from outside of the state of California. The uh, federal firearm licensee receives it. They get they uh, you know the cop buys it, and they can turn around in a very short period of time and upsell that firearm to a uh, someone who can afford it. Oftentimes, two times, three times the price, uh, and and that's okay. And the cop can make a handsome profit from selling that that firearm. But then that means that the infringement uh, creates a secondary market where only people who are of you know higher than average means financially wise they can go and purchase the firearms that the rest of the population can hmm. how no, is that's, that fair that's really interesting i hadn't really heard that angle of it before yep. kind of like one of these unintended consequences or maybe it is intended i don't it even is know intended. No. yeah yeah um, 100% let me ask you in terms of, I haven't bought ammo um, recently, like in a okay. few months, but where are we currently, according to your understanding, Valdo, in terms of ammo availability, the price, of course, prices had skyrocketed for the mm -hmm. past few years. Yeah. Um, are things leveling off or is it is it just impossible to find common ammo like nine millimeter or 45 or what have you? Great question. And that's another thing that... <laughs> Is, is affected right by policy, uh, both at the state level and federal level. Uh, ammo is one thing that's affected, obviously, by the availability of, of some uh, key components, brass, steel, uh, copper, obviously, uh, gunpowder, and, and, it, and certain uh, of those, uh, some of those components we either manufacture here or we've been acquiring from other countries. So the, there are many factors that do affect the price and availability of ammunition. Uh, it has leveled off over the last, uh, I would say, last year. We did have some uh, pretty bad runs uh, that were yeah. associated first with the riots, right? The, and the unrest yeah. that was happening after uh, George. The summer of, summer of George. Correct. The summer, Some, of summer of love. Um, yeah. And COVID. COVID created a, a, a bad run. Obviously, there were many uh, manufacturers and imports that were affected by the reaction to COVID. Um, but it, it has leveled off. Now, the problem in the state of California is that we have this uh, law that th this was more of a, a recent law that um, stated that no matter what, each and every time that you purchase, uh, that you want to purchase ammunition, that you have to pass a background check. Mm -hmm. Right. It, regardless of, of the amount of um, ammunition that you want to purchase, or it, you can literally purchase ammunition today, and if you go tomorrow, you again have to pass the background check. Never mind that you've already passed the background check to own the freaking firearm in the first yeah. place right 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 
So yeah, uh, uh, again, the infringements, all, all they do is just uh, mess with the ability of uh, good people to maintain, first and foremost, maintain proficiency because that is it, um, it is a perishable skill. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can remember really quickly the um, fundamentals, but it is a perishable skill. It is something that you definitely want to practice as often as you can. But if you throw in ammunition, uh, background checks every single time that you buy it, and one of the things that they uh, we uh, defeated recently, they want to throw in more taxes and ammunition too, penalizing yeah. the good people right for purchasing ammunition and to use it to you know uh, gun violence prevention programs which i don't know how you prevent gun violence because you've never been able to prevent crime as it is right yeah so yeah we, we deal with a lot man oh there's a lot coming at us and i almost feel like in the state of california i'm, I'm guessing you feel this way too but they are always throwing so much at us and making it so expensive and so onerous to own firearms, it's almost some people I think almost feel like it's impossible, or maybe they move here for work or whatever, and they're like, I don't even know what I'm allowed to do. I'd like to buy this new pistol, or I'd like to buy this new AR, but can I even? It, I think it's overwhelming for people, and that's by design. That is, they want to make it crushingly difficult to practice our natural right to engage in our natural right. They want to license it. Of course, people have noted that you don't need a license for free speech, although I'm sure parts of the left would love to have that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need a, a license to uh, to practice your faith. Well, people on the left would probably like that as well. Yeah. But yeah, it, these are all natural rights, in other words. And we don't have to ask permission to exercise natural rights. That's kind of the whole deal. They they can't be given to us. We're born with them inherently from our creator. And they and, um, and they want to condition people to, uh, uh, I mean, we are one or two generations away from, from uh, kids actually believing that they have to ask, uh, you know, the government for permission to execute X, Y, Z. We, I, I hear this routinely. Is this legal? Is yeah. this legal? You know, uh, and and that mindset uh, of liberty is almost being it's almost being eradicated, and that's sad. Yeah, no, and it's really scary. It's mm -hmm. really scary. People asking, um, not even thinking in terms of their natural rights, thinking mm -hmm. in terms of positive rights or things mm -hmm. that government gives us. Yeah. Um, let me let me mention too. I mean, I should mention it. You know, in terms of like Second Amendment and Bill of Rights jurisprudence. Um, of course, initially when written, the Bill of Rights applied to the national or the general government, right? Um, and then through the years, various bits and pieces of the amendments um, had been incorporated to the states. So initially, the Bill of Rights, you know, the first 10 amendments to the Constitution, initially, they, they explicitly did not apply to the states whatsoever. Right. And so that's a double-edged sword, right? Yeah. Um, in California, you know, we we would like something akin to the Second Amendment. We don't have it. We don't. Although, and not, it's and, it's kind of funny because how do you incorporate? People don't know that. People don't. People know don't that. know that. How do you incorporate like parts of the First Amendment, parts of other amendments? Um, certainly, like the Third Amendment and, and stuff right like over that. The Second Amendment and the yeah, and then you yeah, and then we and have to go years later. Yeah, like with either Heller or the McDonald case, mm -hmm. and we just kind of wait and we. 
we get down on our knees and pray that the Supreme Court will decide to recognize our natural rights, mm-hmm. um, or we pray that there is incorporation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the key thing that people need to, to realize. Um, obviously, I want all the Bill of Rights to be in California's own constitution. Yep. Um, and certainly most of the First Amendment is. But um, this is kind of where we get into some trouble because, well, states do have the rights um, to regulate some of these things. Although with everything else, it seems most of the Bill of Rights have been incorporated. So it's kind of a weird, um, it's almost like a weird gray area that people don't think about when we talk about this issue. Because I love the Second Amendment and I want one for the state of California Mm -hmm. too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm so glad you bring that up. And I've been meaning to do a deep dive on the the, uh, history uh, of the writing of the constitution of the state of california and why did they skip over the second amendment and there have been, there have been uh, attempts in uh, in actually in the in the very recent past with uh senator uh, melissa melendez from riverside she mm-hmm. uh yeah. actually i believe before she was a senator she was a uh, uh an assembly member and she did put forward uh something attempting to put a version of the second amendment in the state constitution, but obviously being held by uh, leftists, it didn't go anywhere. Um, I have brought this up to uh, current people who are in uh, attempting to get into the assembly and the state Senate. Uh, I have brought it up. I have advocated. I'm like, Hey, um, we need to, we need to uh, work to put a version of the second amendment in the state constitution. Can you please help us out with that? Uh, when you get yeah. into office, because as right. uh, it, and and here's here's again the thing about what's our relationship with our government, right? Once you put in a, a, the Second Amendment into that Constitution, you are as government, you are making an admission that you there are things that you are not apt for, and the government on this of, of the state of California and no no governments are apt to provide for our safety that th- there should be something in writing that says because we are not apt to provide you with your sef- safety 24 7 365 wherever you're at we're good this is getting enshrined right here that you have the ability you have the innate right of uh, defending yourself with the best tool, which happens to be a fire. Yes, and that we, the people, did not choose to give away this right, right? I mean, if, if social contract theory means anything, if we're mm. going to enforce some kind of social contract theory, which you know people mm-hmm. can argue about that, not here today, mm-hmm. but um, if it means anything, then it has to mean, I would put forth, that it's got to mean that we choose what rights we are going to give up when we enter into this um, government, you know, this different state uh, that we're in right now. Well, it's the consent right? of the governed. It is in our uh, in our founding documents. Yeah, it is. And I don't know about you, but I, I remove my consent. I declare, yes, like, you I know, love saying that. <laughs> yeah, like uh, what Michael Scott on The Office. I declare that I have removed my consent. You yeah, know, yeah, at a certain point, it's like, no, no, time out. 
consent not given anymore. This is way out exactly. of whack. But yes. um, yeah, it's we've got to decide what we're going to hand over to mm-hmm. the government, right? And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. this is it not- It can't be the other way around. It, it can't be the other way around. Like the government no. kind of doles out, you know, what we get to have as the serfs. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. I, but, you I know, have I, a really hard time with that. I'm, I'm going to give you one quick example. Yeah. And part of this is living in reality, uh, you know, recognizing reality. But yeah, give me yeah, give yeah. me your example. Uh, when the George Floyd uh, riots were happening, the um, L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva uh, declared a uh, curfew. Yeah. And I remember vividly telling my wife, like, time out, time out, time out, time out. I am a free citizen, homie. Yeah. You are not going to tell me that at X time of the day, I need to be home. Yes. What? Right. What? But it's for your safety, Valdo. (laughs) Right? Exactly. Right. (laughs) And that's the the thing. Those measures only affect the law abiding. Right? So that means maybe people like you and me are going to think twice about going out to buy a loaf of bread at 11 p.m. Right? Or baby formula. Right. For fear of somebody who is just following orders. Yes, or That's getting jumped by one of the, uh, or, or even being assaulted by one of the criminals who's being allowed to to run loose. Because I didn't see a whole lot of either LAPD <laughs> or big um, big police departments shutting down 300, 400 person wide riots. Uh, I saw no, a lot no. of, um, unfortunately, a lot of local police standing by and kind of letting it happen, um, certainly in like liberal or leftist cities. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. and that's not to say that the individual officers were okay with that or that they wanted it to go that way. But honestly, you know, I saw a lot of standing around. I saw a lot of businesses being torched during the summer of George, the summer of yeah. love. And I saw a lot of innocent people be assaulted. And I yeah. didn't see a whole lot of uh, curfew enforcement um, with these four no. or 500 person riots in the streets. Of course not. And um, it infuriated people like us, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the people who pay attention. Y- people who pay attention, people who value their liberty, and people who would yeah. never go out and assault anyone else, any other peaceful Correct. person. Um, mm-hmm. We're well armed. Um, we're pretty well trained. I'm sure you're very well trained. Mm-hmm. And we try to, uh, to keep that skill um, polished to some extent. And we are the people, ironically, I... I think I would hope that you want to have more of in society, people who are armed, who want to take care of their neighbors, take care of their family and mind their own business and be peaceful. Right. Yeah. There you go. That's, that's what I was looking for. And that's, that's my segue right there. I I want to make sure that your audience understands that being armed doesn't mean that you are seeking violence and doesn't mean that you, uh, long uh, for violence and the ability to take somebody somebody's life. That is not something that I teach, certainly. And that is not something that I have experienced. And I, I want to take the, this opportunity to, to drive this point home because you do hear this from the uh, anti-Second Amendment um, side of the discourse where they, they make those references to that, oh, because you have this tool that was built for violence, for taking life, that you are seeking that. No, not at all. It, it's all a matter of uh, having the tools. That there's this old adage, rather have it not need it, than need it and not have it. Yes, yeah. 
and and when you compare that to any other type of, I I um I love tools. Yes, I own so many tools. It's not even funny. Like my wife can probably be like <laughs> this guy, um, but I would much rather have something just there. I know how to use it, and uh, you know, and it's just there. I I, I mean. Quick example: If you have a some sort of a short cir- circuit or something, and uh, a part of your house begins catching fire, you caught it. Wouldn't you rather have a uh, fire extinguisher that's capable of taking that out rather than oh, I'm just gonna run out of the house and call and uh, you know hope for the fire department to get here on time? No. Yeah. You want to be prepared. You know, for in the event that something happens, you can take care of it. And then you call the whatever, uh, whoever you decide to call, first responder or second responder, um, to come and help you mop up. Yeah, There's nothing and, wrong uh, with that. Oh, no, not at all. And what I found is that the more training that I receive and the more that I actually handle um, firearms you get more familiar with the firearm and you realize, okay, what, what do you need to be cautious of? How do you need to be safe? And you realize, okay, it's not scary. It's not, it's not this, um, unknown tool. It's like a very well-known tool. It's a simple piece of machinery, but you realize when and where you really need to be careful and what steps you need to take. But honestly, it's the same thing, same way that I would approach. I don't have a nail gun, but imagine if you had a nail gun, if you work in (laughs) roofing or construction or, those 3,000, 4,000 pound missiles that we drive around every day, it's the right. same thing. It's same a very useful thing. tool, but it can be very dangerous if it's misused or abused. Thank you. Thank how you. is it different? You know? No difference. The one exception being, uh, and it's not really an exception, but this is a tool that we need to reframe as this is a self defense tool. Self-defense tool. I own a, all my tools are self-defense. None of them have grown legs and gone to kill anyone. They have never gone off by themselves, you know, uh, so uh, they exist. Their whole existence is to defend myself and my family and my loved ones. That, that, that's what it is. And I'm not going to apologize for that, or I'm not going to be made to feel as if I am a bad person for wanting to be equipped, for wanting to have the ability to preserve my freedom, my peace, one word that uh, I love that you brought up, right? Uh, no, if there's anybody who uh, is, first of, all, uh, first of all, lazy, who wants to, for some reason, uh, s- scoops me up, uh, uh, cases my house or whatever, and wants to get the things that I own, no, you're not going to do that without opposition because that here's that that's one thing that I love to bring up to my students. The whole the main reason why criminality uh, uh, occurs and continues to 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 you know fester is because people who have evil intent who are lazy they uh, who see others as I'm going to get this from you it's because they feel like they can get away with it. Yeah. They they case you, they pick you as a target because they feel that they can get away with it. And once we get that into our brain housing group 
and we can get more and more people to to understand this and begin exercising the right that removes you from victimhood status to don't mess with me status then we can see an actual progress in in society and the, and in this huge you know wave of criminality that we've been experiencing is because people feel that they can get away with it yes that's right and there are actually many many steps we can take before we get to the point of having to use a firearm or a weapon in self-defense. And I, I prefer to take those too. I mean, I'm prepared. I'm sure you're prepared, but you know what? There are these little things that we can do to keep ourselves and our family safe. Mm -hmm. Like, unfortunately locking the front door, it's something that a lot of people forget about. Shut your garage door. We in California, you know, we work here, we live here, or we, we have to be here for family reasons. Unfortunately, we are experiencing a major crime wave. So what that means is, yeah, you're going to have to be vigilant. You're going to have to lock your door. You're going to have to look out the window and, and, you know, look out after your neighbors, especially Mm -hmm. if they're elderly or whatever. But we take all those steps. One of the most important steps, though, is being armed and being a responsible firearm Mm -hmm. owner, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. 100% right. Uh, Take the steps uh, that you deem necessary. Uh, identify those steps that uh, have roadblocks and advocate for yourself, such as the things that I, that I have taken on myself, like, for example, advocating for the removal of all these uh, hoops for people to get a concealed carry permit. I, I want, you know, constitutional carry in, yes. in all 50 states, but uh, I it's very it's imperative that you identify the roadblocks to you living free living safe and you hold the people accountable if if they are still in office the people that place those roadblocks in place like hey i need these roadblocks removed or you're gonna be without a job yeah which is one thing which is why i've been taking on the the these uh challenges of reaching out to the uh, politicians or or aspiring politicians to be like, hey, these things, these laws in the books, they're not doing anything to help out the good people. We we need to, uh, for once, remove some of these laws on the books because somehow they, they... Laws find their ways in the books, but it's it's so hard for them to find, uh, take take them out. Oh, yeah. Once they're on there, you can never get rid of them. People forget about it. And with every new law, we get less and less free. Yeah. But the good news is, I think both in you and I, both you and I probably know several really good candidates coming in potentially to the California legislature. Yes. So I would encourage people to uh, to give some of my older episodes or some of my first episodes this summer a listen, go out and find who it is that's going to support liberty and common sense in your area, support that person. There are some great people running. Yes, um, there are. Some first timers that are trying to get into the legislature. So let's give them a boost, get them in. Uh, we're going to start voting in, geez, just a matter of weeks, right? Here very soon. Um, we're going to start get. We're going to start getting our, uh, you know, mail-in ballots. <laughs> get those ballots. So start voting, yeah. spread the word, and um, you know, we might get some really good candidates in there. At least enough to break the Democratic supermajority. Yeah, that would but, be fantastic. Um, yeah, Valdo, I want to uh, to honor your time. Uh, it's been a great conversation so far. Um, before we go, though, before mm-hmm. we wrap up, 
Sure. Why don't you tell any of the listeners here who are not familiar yet with um, with your work and what it is you do? Why don't you give a website or what's your social media handles? Sure, sure. How can people get in contact with you? Yeah, so you can find me on uh, Twitter, uh, giving some pretty clever responses to the anti-Second Amendment left. You can uh, just search Triggerology in there and, I, and, and you'll see my logo uh, Triggerology right there. That's where you, you can see me on Twitter. You can see me on Instagram. Same thing. Triggerology. Uh, Triggerology underscore FT for firearms training. Uh, okay. And uh, my website, TriggerologyFT.com. Uh, I will be uh, rolling out merch here pretty soon. Some pretty awesome and based uh, merchandise for those of you nice. who are uh, true you know, uh, followers, uh, patriots and, uh, of the second amendment, or you can sport some, uh, really nice and, uh, thought provoking. I will say this thought provoking, uh, merchandise when you're out on the street. Nice. Uh, Very nice. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, I am working, uh, just like you on a, uh, rumble account that's coming. Cool. Uh, Very cool. here pretty soon. Same thing. Triggerology and, uh, just, I'll, I'll be out here. I, I keep on doing the work, uh, training people on the exercise of their constitutional right of the Second Amendment and uh, fighting against the forces who want to eviscerate it. Uh, and, uh, and that's nonstop. And I'm going to keep on going until the work is done. Awesome. So for anyone in L.A. County or Southern California, um, Definitely check out uh, Valdo's website and uh, maybe get some training. And before we go, too, I want to mention also, um, I was working with uh, Austin Peterson. So mm -hmm. check out the AP for Liberty shop. You can get all kinds of really cool things. So for today's episode, for example, you can get some really cool keychains, kind of M16 little style keychains. Nice. I think he has a, yeah, they're really cool for like <laughs> $2.99 or something. Um, my t-shirt, if you can see that. I got that at apforlibertyshop.com uh, slash Liberty Project. If you you visit there, I think you might get a small discount. Um, but yeah, apforlibertyshop.com slash Liberty Project. Um, visit uh, Triggerology, of course, on Instagram and social media. Visit California Liberty Project um, at California Liberty Project on Instagram. And uh, Valdo, it's been a pleasure talking to you and uh, I hope to talk to you again real soon. Likewise, I truly appreciate uh, the opportunity to be with you and to the people. Stay free, stay strong, get armed, and exercise your Second Amendment right. Make it normal because being protected and keeping your own safety, your liberty, and your peace, that is normal. Do not ever apologize for it and always push back to the people who are trying to take away your rights. Absolutely. Thanks very much, man. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, man. Have a good one. This has been the California Liberty Project Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, share it with others, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter.